Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, the miniatures gaming podcast. So would you say that rock, paper, scissors is a fair game? Um, if you look at the general statistics, uh, apparently for, for average populations, it's not quite. No. Uh, because most people, I think, choose either rock or something. So one of them, actually, you're supposed to choose more than the other. But technically, if you think about it, it's supposed to be fair. Oh, that maybe people... If you under- ignore human... Yeah, if you ignore human in, intuition or, or, or preferences, it is a fair game, yes. The people underrate scissors because they're like, oh, it's the peace sign. That can't be the... I think, the yeah, I think... Boy. I think actually scissors is bad to do because I think most people do rock. So I mm. think paper is actually the one you're supposed to do if you're doing a random population. But of course, you get to next leveling. You know, if if everyone knows that that stat, suddenly you shouldn't necessarily use paper and you should use scissors. But if you're playing someone who, who didn't even really think about that, they're probably going to do rock and beat you. Yeah. So, so you've got so, to yeah. basically go into the game <clears throat> thinking that you're one of those rock plebeians that doesn't under... That you're pretending you don't know... You're feigning you're like a rock dude, bro. And you don't actually know like people's predispositions. And then you scissor yes. them because they yes they think so you're just, a rock, bro. <laughs> you scissor them. Yes. Um, uh-huh. uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So it's all apparently it's about next loving like uh, people and adding in that little bit of information makes makes me think actually rock paper scissors is quite a interesting game yeah once once you get experienced at it yeah you become yeah. a master can you increase it. can you get that extra five percent can you mm-hmm. change the the odds for 50 percent, which is ostensibly the actual or uh, chances of winning to be 55 percent? i don't know you got to read the person and stuff it's a lot of effort to get that five percent though eh <laughs> yeah you've really got to like all about it's more like a poker game yeah yeah oh that, that makes rock paper scissors sound better than it is for from a miniature gaming perspective i don't know man it's a very popular game but you're right it, it does make it sound pretty exciting mm-hmm. yeah is there any miniature game that has rock paper scissors as a mechanic in it oh my god Usually, yeah not you, that i know of uh-huh I think because generally people who play miniatures board games are not the best at reading people. So I feel like that's not as exciting for them to be able to get that edge. Uh, I thought you were going to say it would, it would start pissing them off. But anyways. To rock papers, maybe we should make it. That that would be very interesting to have that as part of a the miniatures game. Rock, paper, scissors, that's your deciding mechanic. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Well, well, I don't think it quite fits into the the skirmish games we're working on as a mechanic. Like okay. we're going more classic and less like read your opponent, next leveling them sort of thing. But for classic war games, like you're gonna have you got to build all your different factions, and you're probably gonna build more than three factions. You're not just gonna build a rock of paper and a scissors faction. You're probably gonna build more than that just to to give people some. Well, Starcraft did has three, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But okay. I guess the real question is, what is our question for today? Oh, I think it's should <laughs> should factions in war games have like a 50-50 win rate against each other? Yeah. So when you think about that, I, I wait, I'm the one who's supposed to mention the actual title. My bad. That's why, that's why thank I you for pulling double duty. So yeah, so um we just mentioned StarCraft, right? And in competitive uh, RTSs, people really, really, really want to have all of these factions, right? There's only three factions, right? So you could think of them, could be a rock, paper, scissors kind of thing, although you can do, you know, same faction against same faction, right? Yeah, in, in StarCraft, there's only three, not our game, but yeah. Yep. Um, and for them i think it's pretty widely thought that any faction against going against another should have a 50 50 win rate i think that is the general consensus of what they want yeah when you're when you're down to three factions i think that starts to get kind of more important because you're gonna it's like a 50 50 you might get screwed over well you could play 
You could play the matching faction, mm-hmm. but yep. But I think StarCraft. But I I guess even though that's the general consensus, I think if you ask the average, <clears throat> excuse me, if you ask the average uh, miniature game player, you will get the same answer. That most people would ideally want every single matchup they go against to have a 50-50% chance of winning, right? Because that just seems fair, right? We've all thought, oh, you know, it should be equally fair, right? Yeah, if you're thinking of balancing, like, I guess that's sort of the ultimate balance. But then when you balance things to that much of an extent, you're now moving towards, like, chess checkers where you're just playing a mirror match, so you don't necessarily right like the way that you could have it so that they play differently and they have a different strategy but each strategy you could mathematically do it so that yep. you know people who play on either side will end up you know, keep on tweaking the rules and everything like that until everyone even though they play differently has a 50 50 chance right the whole point of starcraft right is that the three factions play very differently but and what you're trying to do with each of them is different. And the skills that are good for one faction versus another are different. But in the end, when you play it all out, ideally each faction should be as close to 50-50% as you can, right? Yeah. Now, So when you've got three factions, I think that becomes easier to look at the interactions between the three. Mm-hmm. Once you I think, start I think more, more and more factions... I think it becomes harder, right? But the ideal does not change for what people want. Like in, say, let's say an RTS, right? If you look at other games, let's say, uh, that have more factions, such as, I guess, Warcraft 3 had more factions. Um, Age of Empires has more had more factions, right? Um, they still had this idea that no matter what faction you chose and no matter how, you know, even if they played differently or whatever, they still wanted the end result being you have a 50-50% chance given equal skill, right? Yep. Now, that is already introducing a confounding factor, right? Which is what does it even mean for factions to have 50-50 win rates. Yeah, and equal skill is also something that sort of, like certain ways of playing require just higher level of skill to understand the more complex interactions of the game. And if you've got sort or of- different different skill, right? It's not even necessarily higher levels, right? If each right. faction plays differently- And it may favor might, certain play styles as well. <laughs> yeah, play styles. And if that is a play style that comes intuitively to you, Mm-hmm. It might seem easier, but to another person, they might find that play style much harder. In which case, what does that mean then? If let's say one faction, uh, let's say the, <clears throat> I don't know, let's say Gene Steeler cults or something. Maybe that's that's not. Let's say um, uh, Death Guard, right? So like Space Marines, super tough guys that just move forward and kill things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if that seems really easy to to people, should that make their and then they face against a, a high quote unquote high skill army, mm-hmm. right? Should those two armies have 50-50 win rates? Yeah, it's gonna it might have a 50-50 win rate, but then when you get to the more experienced players that understand the more nuanced rules, maybe their win rate is high. But then the people without the experience have a low win rate, so it sort of averages mm-hmm. out to the middle. But in reality, like that's mm, yes, this becomes balance. another confounding factor, right? Because what people really are looking for, like, is not is some nebulous idea of fairness, right? When they talk about 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they mean by fair is not necessarily the same thing, right? Because some people are like, it should be like the equal the equal skill level, right? Should therefore have 50-50 odds, right? But of course, with being of different factions, uh, if one faction is harder to play and you want one faction to be harder to play, 
does that mean that they have a higher skill cap? And therefore, does that mean that in the high levels of play, they should actually have a higher win rate than the other factions? And is yeah, that like, fair? Like, do you design your game, the balance, only for the top tier play? Like, because mm-hmm. you know, then, then maybe your player base, like you're trying to get people to play the game. And obviously most people, if you want people to get into the game, they're going to be filthy casuals for quite a while. And yeah. you don't want to make the game unapproachable to them because otherwise you're not going to have a player base. So, mm-hmm. or that faction is just not going to be bought into by a lot of people and you're not, it's not going to sell very well. So maybe the experienced players will eventually move into it, but they may represent a small fraction of your potential customers. So it's yeah. not a great, great business decision to build factions that only do that. Yeah. So even with the idea of saying, oh, we want it to be fair so that people of, e- of equal skill level are 50-50, that introduces a complicating factor because, you know, your different skill levels when you jump up, right? From low to medium to high, those are three different, often very different play styles, right? How beginners play is going to be different how intermediate players play and how experts play. Now, the question is, of course, this is very hard, right? And we're at, and just like having a whole bunch of different factions, it makes it harder to balance, but is and maybe even impossible, practically speaking. But if you could, is that still the ideal, right? Like if you could say, you know, your, your Plague Marines against your Eldar at the low level of play, they have a 50-50 chance. And then when you get to intermediate, the, the two people are playing very differently, right? More optimally, but then it, it again becomes uh, 50-50. And then when they both become experts, right? Assuming they're equally skilled, then they still become, it still goes to 50-50. Like if you could do that, would you want to do that? I think in order to achieve it, you've just got to start cutting out options. That's the thing. Like it's more well, op- well, I mean, just like idealistically, right? Not even talking about practically speaking, mm-hmm. but is that the ideal, right? I, th- I think ideally you would aim for it, but I think the practical reality of like there being, you're trying to create flavors for the army. You're trying to, anyway, you're trying to balance the, balance the point. Yeah, it becomes very, very hard. And, and, talk about how we and it's not necessarily it. worth the effort is what you're saying. Yeah, and maybe the thing is, at different levels of play, you want, maybe you start using different units to maximize that. Now you start to just not see different units in certain levels of play, because it's, once people realize you have to play a certain style. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it definitely becomes harder, but to me, <clears throat> if you're going for this like 50-50-50, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense. But, even though I just said that most people would want that, mm-hmm. right? And in some ways you could say, you know, should factions have 50 win rates? To the majority of people, they would say yes. And that would be the end of this conversation. And even, I'm not even sure that that is true in and of itself, even ideally. I think there is a difference between uh, miniature war games and- um, New games? and RTSs and StarCraft and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And I think it revolves around the idea of competitive and narrative play and how important, and and there's a lot of other things going in, but like the the general idea of competitiveness, right? If you take that as your ideal of your game, Mm -hmm. then I think those which I think a lot of people, when they think about their games, surface level, right? This is a comp- competitive game, right? We, we both play, one person wins, one person loses, right? In general, or, or we tie, right? Um, technically, you can have 50-50 win rates if, if every game ends in a tie. But every game is mission. equal. The only way you could win is if you wipe out all of the opponent's miniatures and none of your guys die, and that's the only way you win. Otherwise, it's tie. Damn, 50-50% win rates. Well, it's not 50-50. It's like equal win rates at that point. Yeah, you just make your mission so that everybody gets one point automatically, and there's nobody (laughs) to score more points, and then the game's balanced. Yeah, 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can see how you can ruin things by trying to achieve perfect yeah. equality. Yeah, that's that's an easy way. Yeah, to there's it. many different ways of, of ruining it, right? The idea, though, is really about competition. And the idea is that we want to, through this game, have the best man win, right? But I think this goes along with a lot of the odds and the way that we handle um, uncertainty in miniatures games versus RTSs, right? RTSs are complicated games, right? Complicated things that basically, you know, in many ways boil down to chess in that they are made to say the best player on any given day should win, right? A hundred percent of the time, the person that played better in an RTS is supposed to win, right? And of course, there's the variable factor that, you know, on any given day at any, any given time, one person is going to be playing better than another, right? We're human, right? We're not machines. We're not algorithms that just play exactly the same way every single time, right? If you're tired that day or you're extra psyched or you're just, your mind is blazing because you just had five energy drinks and, and enough sleep, right? Maybe you're, you're going to do super well or worse, who knows? <laughs> so um, that is though the ideal of competition, but I don't think, I think intrinsically because war games roll in general, well, the, the way war games are played and the game they are has so much randomness uh, and, and the lineage of war games is so different than just, you know, sport competition. That is not everything in uh, the miniature war games. Yeah, you hear and of that is That is like, there's this piece that people generally don't think about in miniature war games that... Um, is intrinsic to the experience and it is not competition. And it is part of the reason why I think 50, 50 is not necessarily what you want for every single faction. Yeah. When you think of video games, you hear of like esports, but with like them trying to push that level of competition and giving it that image. But yeah. with miniatures, it's more about the experience, just like putting the miniatures on the table, the whole mm -hmm like narrative of it the whole look the whole theme and story you're mm -hmm. crafting behind your army and then yep. on the table exactly it's not pure mentors are not, not ideally meant to be all about just hyper competitive yeah it's not about just winning 50 50 every single time right mm -hmm. it's it's you know just the fact that we roll dice right and and you might you might have like be the best player but the odds of the game right, depending on luck, right, means that your chances of winning a game are going to not always rely on how good of a player you are, right? You might win, mm -hmm. even though you did all the right moves, sorry, all the wrong moves, uh, you might still win because you were lucky or the opposite. You might have did all the right moves, but you were just unlucky and you lost. And that is part of the game and part of the experience of playing the game that makes it so interesting, right? Part of it, I know a lot of people just, you know, hate. That's why some people just hate uh, odds, right? And dealing with... Um, just randomness. Dealing with randomness, right? There is something that enters into the game when it's not just about doing the ideal moves, but handling situations where you're down, right? And calculating those odds so that you don't necessarily win, but you give yourself the best chances, right? Rolling with the punches. Yeah, like we just played a bit of Blood Bowl. We'll talk about it in a future episode. But the very start of the game involves just randomness occurring. Mm -hmm. So it's it's all about like it helps with the fun of like there being some sort of crazy story behind that particular game, just having those yeah, random yeah. elements. So it's, it's intrinsic yeah. to the Mentors games. And the experience is not just about proving that I played better than you. Mm -hmm. It's did I deal with the negatives that came my way, right? Was I able to overcome the odds if they were negative or was I able to capitalize on those, you know, the odds going in my favor, right? Yeah. These are intrinsic parts of a war game that are, are more closely modeling reality, right? Like with sports, people always say, you know, would like to believe that the sport, you know, it's always about the better man winning, right? And they try yeah, it's like, to it's like, oh, they have the game. It's like someone has this batting average. Should they achieve that every game? No, of course you, they're not going to achieve that batting average precisely yeah. every game. Even if they are like a robot, right? There's so many other things going on. The winds, the crowd, the whatever at any given time that's going to change things, right? Mm -hmm. And so they try to minimize this, these outward things. But war games are almost like 
the opposite, right? We're simulating these battles, but we're trying to simulate reality much more closely than games, which are, which are trying to filter out any other confounding factors. Our war games are, and the lineage of war games was to play out reality where sometimes the odds are not in your favor. You go into a battle, right? And many times in, 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 in war games, or you might go into a battle and yep. things are just stacked against you. And the question is, how do you handle that? How would you handle these adverse things, right? These negatives going against you. Uh, the fact that your chances of winning are, or the, the faction's chances of winning were like 30%, 10%, right? And playing that out, experiencing that, seeing how you could have made it Maybe you, you don't win in the end, but could you have increased the chance instead of 10% chance of winning to 20% chance of winning through good play, right? That's amazing, actually, right? You just doubled your chances of winning. And that is an experience that is what war games traditionally have tried to, to, to do, right? And that is a lineage that is part of the reason why these war games are so much more characterful and more, um, they have such a more, so much more story right? Because of the way they model reality and the way they have these odds than just your average sporting event, which, you know, when you say sport, it doesn't even mean anything, right? It's just, it feels in some ways artificial and fake when everything has a 50-50%, you know, when you, you remove all those confounding factors. Yeah. So taking all that into consideration for going back to what we were talking before about balancing between like the beginner players, intermediate and high level players, I think that just considering all that, that the goal should probably be more leaning towards balancing the factions towards the intermediate level player. Because the beginner player level, the beginner players can sort of accept, okay, they haven't grasped the game. Mm -hmm. Things don't quite go their way. That Okay, they don't understand all the nuances of the game. And okay, they're losing because of that. And the faction they play, they may just grow into it. Yeah. So maybe leaning too much towards them isn't going to build you your best game. Yeah. And also looking towards the high end, like the people who want to be uber competitive, like the game is highly based around like a bit of randomness. So being the purely best players, not ideal. It's also games are more based around creating a narrative, not just sort of calculating out your best win percentage. Like some games lean themselves towards doing that, but in time you find those are probably not the most fun games just for the story that gets created yeah, yeah. of them. That's exactly so, what I'm saying. Yeah. So the, the, honestly, just considering all those things you just said, when when you think of how a miniature war game ideally might be balanced, you should probably just look towards the intermediate level play. And yeah. like, so just think of, thinking of opponents who are fun to play against and not fun to play against. People who are playing hyper competitively are often just not as fun to play against and they're not going to encourage you to come back and play again. So even if you could play at that high level as well, Often I find I don't try to play, even in tournaments, say for Infinity, I just don't aim for the absolute maximum unless it's okay. Oh, I'm on the top table. Okay, fine. Now I'll like. I got to win and get my prizes. But if you're now not on top, a special edition miniature. If I'm not on top table, I'm like, whatever. Just have fun with this. Let's <laughs> just, just have fun. That's the other thing, right? It's like when you have, when you're trying to have fun, you're trying to create these narratives, right? Like, I think chasing this 50 and I guess this comes down in some ways to like the narrative and, and, and impracticality. Right. But like 50, 50, some like with every single battle uh, with every single faction matchup, right. Let's right. Let's say we have five different factions and each one has like a 50, 50 odds against the other one. It, it's an ideal that if you're practically trying to do, you will be sacrificing a lot, right? And this is what you're saying about before about how like if you try to make everything 50-50, you might and it's very likely that you will end up modifying things to remove you'll start removing other things that are important to the game, right? The story, the the fun factor, all of these things to make it the odds actually 50-50 or to make it just totally random. So it's just a roll of the dice like we're talking about before, right? Mm -hmm. To make this 50-50 odds, that, that is not necessarily, um, you can sacrifice a lot on the altar of making everything balanced 50-50, right? But I think something that, and, and I think I, I just want to double down on this idea that I think 
I think we all agree that if there's too much of a spread, that's definitely bad, right? You don't want it to feel like you're going to lose. Like even if you win 10% of the time, nobody wants to play when every single time they play against a certain faction, they have 90% chance to lose. Right. Yeah. But I think people uh, under, I think people, I think there is a benefit for certain mashups being against certain factions not always being 50-50 and having certain matchups have you you having a 45% chance to 55 and some matchups you having a 55% chance to win right depending on who you're fighting right because it it gives this variability right if it's if it's like 10% swing right this gives a feeling of you know uh a little bit of a rock paper scissors kind of thing but not so much that you can't win right but it gives you that underdog kind of feeling Right. If everything is 50-50, then all everything comes down to like you can never be an underdog unless you're literally just a worse player than the, the player, person you're playing. Right. Yeah. You don't get that feelings, those feelings of underdog versus versus favored, right? That's something that you just lose in the game if everyone's 50-50. Right. And that's fine if everyone is just trying to be competitive and trying to say, you know, I want to see who the best player is. Right. But if you want to have those more narrative stories, right, where you're saying that, let's say, and you especially want to tie it down to some sort of narrative and story where, let's say, in your world, right, in the background of, of, of your miniature world or in reality, right? If you have reality, you want to model it close to reality and armies never have, 50, like, battles never have a 50 50% chance to win. So you would actually want to narrate navigate it so that one person has less chance than the other to make it accurate or if it's a fictional story in a fictional world there is a real benefit to say like in terms of narrative to say that this one faction has a slight edge over this other faction and then but also has a slight disadvantage over another right it gives a a much more interesting kind of feel and and to the game as opposed to just saying, oh, everyone is equally as good as everyone else, right? Yeah, and with, with things not being equally good to other things, like when you're trying to, like games need to have different factions in the game and the factions have to be differentiated from each other. So it's not just like, oh, this is team red versus team blue. And there's also like team purple and they all have the same weapons. And you're like, oh, this is all the same team. Like in a game, they have to have differentiating features. So maybe some of them are going to be like, high more tougher factions maybe some are gonna be the faster faction maybe some will just have like larger numbers of guys but then just by the nature of creating those different Mm -hmm. there's gonna be certain like attack forms of attacking they're just better at dealing with Mm -hmm. that so if you've got like a high armor faction certain factions that show up with more like well you're going to create weapons in the game they're just better Mm -hmm. at cracking armor so say like in GW, you've got your melta guns, you've got your plasma, certain armies may just have more access to those, or they may just be on yep. like units who want to take more. So by that very nature, you're mm-hmm. going to start creating that rock, paper, scissors element. Yeah. And I think I, I, I while sometimes it's bad uh, to have that experience to, to like always be being rock and then always playing paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you're playing rock and you're always playing paper, it feels terrible, right? Or literally, if you're rock and there's no scissors in the game and there's just rock and paper, then you're going to feel like crap when you choose the rock, right? Yeah, like if you keep playing the same friend and your friend has the rock army and you've got the paper army and you're like, yep, gonna gonna. I'm steal. so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's terrible, right? But the but when you have a larger uh, pool, it's very it it. It, it changes the feeling when you're going into a game, right? And it also, even in tournaments, it makes it very interesting when you're saying, I want to go against these people and I want to, you know, I'll have a slight better chance against these people, right? And then I'll have a worse chance against these other people. That creates a narrative story and, an, and a different kind of way to go in the game, like a feeling and a, a way you play that that is is intrinsically, I don't know, worth something mm-hmm. and as an experience, right? And that experience, I think, competes against the purely competitive ideals, right? And you can't have both, 
right? You can't always, you can't have that underdog. Well, you can if you know you're more skilled, like I said, right? But if you have those armies, meaning your army choice matters, right? I guess who you're going for. I think that's really interesting. And I think, so I don't think that it's totally, I, I just wonder, like, does that create a more interesting uh, gameplay, right? When you have a varying chances, like a, t- a 10% swing, depending on who you're playing against, right? Now, I, so so now you suddenly, when you're fa- fighting against the people that you're good at, you feel an extra joy, right? For saying, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, I got an advantage. And then the other side, you, you know, you feel more dread when you're playing against the faction that you're worse against, right? Yeah, I think that even in a lot of games where they have the two list format, <clears throat> where there may be a certain selection of lists, or there's just a certain mission, and you bring two pre-built lists, and then you see who your opponent is, you see who the mission is, then maybe if you know that's part of the format, because we see that format in Infinity War Machine, that you then, you know your opponent is good against your particular faction, so you've built a second list that doesn't even play like your faction to then just next level them. And it's a way of sort of shoring up your weakness as well is to just sort of, you think your opponent is going to choose the list of theirs that's going to be really good against you, so then you just switch switch over it entirely i mean that list is going to be play outside of the thing yeah but just in that whole format which is a really good format i find to just mm-hmm. create extra ways of just sort of dealing with problems yeah and, and it makes it feel like the armies that you bring it makes them feel like they matter even more right because if you bring you know who what what kind of weaknesses are you trying to shore up with the two different lists right yeah. that's exactly the kind of thing where i'm where, where it definitely has, you know, it makes things more interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that this is not for everyone, right? The, the ultra competitive people that are listening probably are like, what are you talking? Why would you ever give up? Why would you ever want this kind of feeling at the expense of, you know, being able to play on equal footing and have that competitive nature and finding out in having the best man win every single time, right? All I got to say is like, it's a different, it's a different, uh, I guess, experience that we're going for, right? Like we've played so many different games. I think we're, I don't know, to me, I'm not even that interested on the competition and proving that I'm the best at this game, right? First of all, I will never be the best at any of the games. <laughs> that that time is far from, from it's like, is over, especially when we started playing in, in tournaments where you could drink, like, Really, I need to be the best I, 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 I can be. That means I can't drink, right? That seems like a big letdown. So I just always got worse when, in those tournaments. As the day went on and the drinks started going in, I was just like, oh, I'm never going to win the third. Uh, I'm never going to win the third game. Do, do we have enough time between our tournaments to walk to the bar across the street? I don't, I don't know if we've done <laughs> yes. that or not. I think, uh, no, generally it's 15 minutes. We probably could actually, 15 minutes. I know. If you, if you it's never been done, but it's, the option's on the table. Yeah, just go to the bar and just knock on back. That's definitely an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah, so I just, um, I would just say like, when like this this entire kind of conversation and thinking came about because uh we are playtesting the game that we're working on right mm-hmm. and and we're specifically playtesting uh this uh faction that's called the gifted and they're like a, a super fast um uh, sure. faction that's like a glass cannon right yeah they're, they're they're light they're lightweight but they're quick and they have like really cool firepower they have really good firepower yeah they, they hit hard but, once, yeah, so, but if they get hit, they start falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly, right? And we had two, the, the two other factions that we, were, we had major, mostly playtested were like the, the really tough uh, jack-of-all-trades faction, uh, the hammer, and then the cults, which is like a swarmy melee faction, right? And overall, we felt like the cults had maybe a slight advantage, but it was pretty close for the hammers and the cults, right? And so... I was playing, you know, the the cults against uh, the gifted, uh, and 
the gifted seem to have a slight disadvantage against the hammer because, you know, they move fast and they would hit hard, but not hard enough to take out the hammer and then the hammer would just retaliate. And because the, 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 the gifted were, were weak, they kind of would fold a lot. You know, they, they didn't hit hard enough to crack the hammer enough so that they could get counterattacked and kind of get blown into the water. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was worried that the gifted would be, you know, significantly weaker than against the cult because the cult is the spammy fast, like fa- not fast army, but spammy melee army that has a lot of guys, right? That the hammer had a hard time keeping back. But it turns out being super fast and hitting really hard worked really well in the gifted's favor. And they seemed to like, it was the opposite. Instead of being weak, they were strong, super strong against the cults because they would move into range, just like destroy whatever, whatever was, uh, whatever they targeted. And then because they're so fast and the cults were like a melee army, they could just dart back and minimize the amount of counterattacks they were taking, right? Because the cults try, has to get up close to, to really do its damage. And it could not do that because uh, effectively because the gifted was so fast. And so it ended up having like, like we're talking about this rock, paper, scissors kind of feeling, right? And Maybe it's because, you know, I'm not super invested in one faction because, you know, we created all of these factions, right? So, like, I love I love each of these babies equally, right? Mm-hmm. So, to me, you know, if I, was, if I was just a gifted player, right, and I created this army, I feel like I would have felt a little bit worse. Right? I'm like, oh, this sucks. I'm like, I'm almost disadvantaged against them. But when I, was, when I created this, I actually was kind of delighted to feel this thing where I'm like, Oh, if I face against these guys, I'm like, Oh my God, I feel this, this dread where I'm like, Oh no, I, they, how am I going to beat the the hammer? Right. But then if I'm the gifted and I play against a cultist, I feel like the opposite, right? I'm like, Oh yeah, these guys have an advantage, but any one battle, right? Like, because it was, because each faction had like a strength, three, three of the five, right? So this is not, this is not like a faction, but because each faction had, favorable matchups and unfavorable matchups it didn't feel overall um unbalanced or unfair because every faction had matchups where they were advantaged and every faction had had disadvantages against certain certain factions right so in some ways overall it felt you're talking about overall win rate it would be let's say 50 50 but against any one faction they would have strengths and weaknesses and that became an interesting kind of way that you had to play around Right. And it especially created an interesting story between these different factions. Right. Yeah. I think the question is, though, how much of a spread do you want there to be between between those rock, paper, scissors matchups? Like, should it just obviously don't want it 100 percent like rock, paper, scissors, but maybe you've got a 60, 40 win rate between factions. And that seems not that's way too high, in my opinion. Mm hmm. When you think about 60-40, that's a 20% gap. I would say 60-40 is the maximum you want for a game that's fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, But every every game should not, I don't know. I think, do you not feel that that's that's too high? I feel like 60-40 is like the literal edge between a game that is fine and a game that is like, I fucking hate this game. Yeah, I think 60 40 is as far as you'd want to go. Otherwise, your expect your expectations yeah. of the outcome are too high and playing it out seems like pointless. Yeah. Yeah, like it seems not that big because it's only 10% for 50 50, but because you double it, because you know, every percent you gain, the person loses it. Mm-hmm. The difference is actually 20% in terms of win rate. And that is a huge amount where it feels like even if you play it out, it doesn't like if you play 10 games and you won four times and you, you lost six times, it actually doesn't feel terribly, but like once you've played out those 10 games in a row, right. You're like, well, technically I won four, I lost six. Right. But at the time when you're fa- playing it, it might be too much. <laughs> it mm-hmm. might end up being too much. Right. And you feel this kind of domination when you're doing that. Right. And then you add on people that want to play for the just the competitive thing which are often you just even better players. They all will just go to the 60-40 faction, right? And yeah, and like we were talking about, if you keep playing the same people over and over with the same army, it's going to get to be a bummer. So you don't want yeah, you don't want that. And a lot of people do that. 
Yeah, so I'd say 60-40 is the edge. I guess 60-40, like I said, if you play it all together, it feels okay. But if you drop like 30-70, it just feels, or even 35-65, it's just like, it's terrible, right? It's almost twice, you're winning almost twice the time as the other person. You, you definitely get a chip on your shoulder. So I feel like if we're talking about ideally, like assuming that feeling of narrative that I tried to explain, and hopefully I've explained it well enough, uh, is something worth worth it to you i don't think it should be like ideally more than 45 55 yeah like mm -hmm. i think that feels more because you know you have a 10 percent disadvantage right 45 to 55 mm -hmm. that feels overcomable right and whenever you win you can feel like yeah i beat you because i'm more skillful or luckier <laughs> right whereas 40 to 60 you're like you gotta be a lot better right and, and, and so it becomes a lot it becomes a lot harder yeah so um yeah so when i look at games like games workshop right right now they have a problem uh in 40k because dark eldar have a 64 percent win advantage against everyone or against really against particular overall factions. overall they have a 64 percent win advantage and like Has the worst factions are have sub 40 percent well obviously well 164 so some factions have a sub sub 40 percent win rate yeah well having it having that not just like against particular factions but like every if that's like across the board gets to be like a clear balance issue but. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If we're talking about you have a 60-40 against one faction, but you have then the inverse 40-60 against another, mm -hmm. it then doesn't feel as terrible. But people might hate it, especially if you have a game that is like as big buy-in as Games Workshop, where you know just being able to field one army is so much money and time that you won't even and just have and the length of playing the game is a lot of big big investment to play yeah. one game. Yeah. So, uh, and especially because it feels like you're supposed to, you know, have equal chances whenever you play a game, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it just feels more terrible, right? Now, the other thing is when you play campaign play, right? It becomes a little bit more acceptable because you're by, not because, you know, the gameplay changes necessarily, but just the, the way you think about it changes, right? The story now matters more. And going into a battle with, you know, you are an underdog, becomes more important that's why it's easier to take when you only have when you're playing a mission or a campaign where you only have a you have a lower chance of winning than the other player right because you've bought into that story thing being more important than just winning and so yeah i'd say overall though i don't know 45 55 i'd say is good would you say so so to me there is an argument for 45-55 being better than every faction being 50-50. Yeah, so if we think of Infinity, Infinity with their tournaments, they actually keep track of the winners in that because results get submitted. And from the the before times of mm -hmm. N3 versus N4, mm -hmm. their, most factions were only hitting like 55% overall win rates. Yep. And the good this, factions. This is meant to be a quite... Mm -hmm. yeah competitive game it's obvious yeah it's obvious when someone is winning 55 for the 45 yeah. that's a, that's the thing that was surprising to me like, that's where it sort of topped out i mean some factions hit yeah. pretty low win percentages because they were just sort of they were not that many actually no, everyone not too was much, around but... everyone was above 40 mm -hmm. right but yeah but you have that feeling right it, in between that area felt it felt really good right but 55, you felt it, right? If you played enough games, you would be like, yeah, this faction is the 55% one, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of know, even though technically they're losing like four out of 10 games, right? Mm -hmm. On average, right? So they only have a slightly better, they're winning like out of 10 games, they're winning one more game, not even one more game than the others, but you still ended up feeling that, right? Yep. And so... Yeah, it really felt, it's it's quite interesting, like just the perception, right? When you think about it, when you think about odds, it doesn't seem that terrible, but like when you're actually playing it, that band has to be a lot smaller, right? Mm -hmm. And then people will notice it if they play enough, right? Now that said, I think B 
because Infinity ha- was in that range band of 10%, generally speaking, I think one was underneath 45, one or two, right? Were underneath 45, but in general, everyone fell within that 10% range band. People complement Infinity on being so balanced, right? It is one of the most balanced games in, that I've played in the mid gaming space, right? Because it's between 45, 55, even though you could technically you know, feel that you know, certain factions were stronger. So. Yeah, so I think that, that sets the bar. If you're doing play testing, mm-hmm. to see where factions should fall against each other more overall. Yep. Mm-hmm. Although, of course, if you're play testing, you're going to miss things. So if you play test and, and there's a balance, 45, 55, <laughs> there's a decent chance that you were just haven't found the broken stuff yet and the 40 the 55 faction might jump up to be 65 i'm sure that games workshop when they play okay i'm not sure games workshop play testing right but i'm sure that uh, well i believe they think they try to keep that win rate you know in that range band but you know mm-hmm. they don't play test and balance enough so it just swings wildly out there yes yeah, we said before being like, people have different play styles so mm-hmm. if you don't have those people trying the game you don't really know yeah the overall numbers and then it matters more for Games Workshop, like 40K right now, because they are leaning into competitive. Like they, they, they're, I guess they've always, you know, given uh, a, a narrative play, right? And in some ways, Ninth Edition has even more narrative play than they've ever had. But they've also really, I feel like the game has, the actual game rules, like the base game is is around competitive play and then they spend a lot of time to add on this narrative play on top but i feel like the base game is made for competitive play yep oh naturally the base game is made to sell models but after that the thing on top right is it's, the next thing that matters is, is competitive play yeah and it's funny with us just playing blood bowl that blood bowl is meant to be a pretty competitive game with the tight rule set but they'll even tell you some of the factions just aren't balanced like I guess they want to have those flavors out there. Uh, I I don't know if it's like, I I don't know if it's supposed to be competitive. I think it's just supposed to be fun and ridiculous. Oh, it's got like a tight. You really have like three tiers of of teams that you can play, and then you're just like, you you just obviously chose a crappy team. Mm-hmm. Just deal with it, right? You can't you can't be complaining that your your tier three team is you know always loses to a tier one team. You only should be complaining if your tier two team is com- always beating your tier one team, right? That means that their tiers are wrong. <laughs> yeah, but at least they put enough. At least they put enough teams out there. So if you wanted to play, and the game doesn't require so many minis, if you wanted to just agree to play tier two versus tier two, you can find an opponent and do that. Yeah, but it's yeah interesting. They just acknowledge the lack lack yeah, of full yeah. balance. Yeah, right, and 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 maybe that. And again, that's the kind of thing that helps uh, forge the narrative, right? And forge the fun in different ways that you're playing, right? By being upfront about it and saying, you know, you're playing a tier three list when you're playing against a tier one list, expect you're going to lose. It's suddenly, you know, the people that are attracted to that get to play out that experience, right? And yep. that's the experience I'm talking about when you have that in the general mind, general kind of game space when one faction has let's say a, a 10 percent edge right 45 55 over another that you can get from playing so and and like i said if you have some disadvantages and they're roughly equal to the the times you have advantages i think that that can um placate the people who want that com- just pure competitive things because if you think about it overall it's balanced right if you assuming that each faction is equally represented overall you have still have an equal chance of coming out on top right because really just luck of the draw if you if you've got that 10 percent thing and if you're a good enough player you can just swing the 10 percent mm-hmm. yep so um Yeah. So, how about you? What would you rather have? When if you had, if you were chose a faction, would you rather have your faction be 50-50 over everything against every faction, or would you rather have certain matchups be forty-five fifty-five in your favor and certain be not, and then some of them be fifty-fifty? Well, I think, it, I think we've gone over, gone over it already. That just 
producing those different options out there, I think the variability I like to see between factions just intrinsically creates unbalances between factions, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, so you're saying that you you value other things so much more that it's almost like not even it's not a big deal one way or the other. No, like we talked about before, like once you hit a certain level of swing, it becomes annoying. But you don't need once if it, you if it's within once you start hitting the sixty forty level, you start starts to bother most people. But I, uh-huh. I think I fall within the range that if it's fifty five forty five, not getting too worried. Yeah, I'd say I kind of like it. I think the 45-55 against certain things and 55-45, I kind of liked, like that and having that varied experience when I'm going against someone and I know I have advantage and I know I have a disadvantage. Because 45-55, like I said, it's overcomable. You still win a bunch of games. And it, it, it yeah, so I'm in... I guess that's why I wanted to talk about this, just, just to like wrap my other like uh how do you call it character uh, like uh how do you call it experienced gamers and rally against pure competitive gaming mm-hmm. yeah that's always a subtle subtle topic <laughs> going on yeah i'm sure when i when i lay it down that way i'm like oh we can talk a lot about more about this just bringing up all the other things where like competition goes against uh, uh narrative gaming and how narrative gaming is superior i'll definitely bring up more topics about this in the future yeah i'm, I'm sure we'll find more of those to cover and then get back to that same fundamental yep so uh yeah so that's basically our thoughts about this uh if you uh, agree with us and think that narrative gaming and that that idea of having like different odds is, is super fun or uh or if we, we kind of opened your eyes or, or or made you think about this thing differently give us a shout we'd love to hear it for you or if you still disagree with us and say that that's stupid and you know you should definitely do the competition part and you can get all the narrative without having uh without changing the odds of of uh off of 50 50 yeah we, we'd love to hear your what your thoughts are as well uh so you can contact us at contact at diceovereverything.com yep or find us on facebook or dice over everything or join join the dice over everything group to see what we're up to and let us know what you're up to yep uh so that's it this has been alan yeah it's been brandon bye